0: Welcome back to The Short Game, show where we discuss short video games, or I guess theoretically also other types of games. The kinds of games that you can complete in an evening or a weekend, or a quarter or a nickel, or probably not that much time. Uh, I am your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by my one and only bro host and real life twin brother, Shane. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing great, and I'm uh, glad to be back on this show. You've got uh, a game that you're focusing on that I have yet to play, but it's part of a genre that I have so much affection for. In celebration of Shane's coming back from France, finally, uh, we're going to be talking about pinball. Uh, sort of generally, but also with some specifics of how to play pinball in 2015, and some of the ways you can you know, get in front of a cool old pinball machine today, but also how you can play this game in your house with cool simulations and video games and such and such. Well, if you wanted to celebrate me coming back from France, we should be doing an episode on Carcassonne. <laughs> yeah, actually, you just got back from the actual Carcassonne. Yes, I I you know it from the board game and uh, if you're more educated than me then from history, <laughs> uh, but uh or basic geography. But uh yeah, I, I went and visited Carcassonne. It's wonderful to see a real life castle. Um, and one that one that shares a name with one of my favorite board and video games. That was actually I, I, I Wasn't even re, I, I was vaguely aware that it might be the name of a real place playing the game But I've been playing the games for years without really thinking about the actual place that inspired it. Is it as sprawling and um, Strung out along the countryside as the uh, as the board game would lead you to believe well, What surprised me um, is that the board game led me to believe that there would be walled cities surrounded by farmland and connected by little roads and with wooden people everywhere. But um, actually, it's one big fortified town uh, that goes back to the Roman era, and it's a tremendous sight. I saw some of your photos. It looks really cool. I really wish I could go with you sometime. Shane's, Shane started a new job where, uh, he gets to visit France for work, um, with some regularity and I have yet to go to France. So seems cool. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it was amazing. I've never seen anything that old. Speaking of old things, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some pinball. So I don't know. I- I, I actually really love pinball. I think it's this really fun, interesting pastime, even though I'm kind of not that great at it. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic Americana thing. I think it's sort of a, you know, a real American treasure. You know, pinball is an American invention for the most part, even though it's got its roots in older games and, and things like uh, pachinko and, uh, and slot machines and other, other types of uh, inventions that, you know, predate it by a long shot. But pinball is really important in American history. There's a huge history if you go back to where pinball comes from. There's machines that came before it that you would definitely not describe as a a game, even. More like a slot machine type thing. Put a nickel in, watch a ball kind of fall from the bottom to the top, hit against some pins. You have zero control over it. and, And maybe if you're lucky, then it falls into the right cup or hole or what have you. And you get a payout in terms of nickels or something. Or before that, they were not even mechanized. They were just on a bar. And uh, if you got it in the cup or something, the, the barkeeper would pour you a free shot of whiskey. Oh, I haven't and seen that. And <laughs> then uh, you, you'd have to avoid being shot by uh, the sheriff or something. <laughs> but, I mean, it it eventually became a really – a skill game. Like a, it, it morphed in a really interesting way from being a totally random – you know, slot machine style experience to being a skill game. Uh, and I mean, this is not an episode where we're going to be talking about the history of pinball in any great detail. I mean, if you really are interested in pinball history, there's better resources yeah. out there than, than we are. I. Why, if you were to go to Wikipedia, you might find that in 1947, flippers were introduced <laughs> by Gottlieb's Humpty Dumpty. Only 1947, really? That's right. Yeah. And that's when it became a game of skill. Uh, they went took it from there, and and then there was back and forth about the legality of it because it was still by most considered gambling and a sleazy pastime. And uh, it's cause it's funny that you think of it as an all-American thing I do. and it 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 seems that way now. It seems like forever it's been a, you know, a quaint thing that you'd pop a quarter into down at the the diner or something. But I mean, you know it, it was a sleazy pastime, like you say. Uh, and what was that documentary that you watched? Yes. Everything I know about the history of pinball, I know from the documentary special when lit. And I I think it was on Netflix some time ago. You, you can dig around. It was a, it was distributed by PBS and this documentary, um, just sort of goes through like where pinball comes from and, and how it got to sort of its height in the, uh, in the 1970s, uh, when pinball made more money than the film industry. Wow. So, uh, and it tells you all these awesome stories. Like there's this, uh, like I mentioned it, 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 pinball was illegal for a long time because it was considered gambling. Um, and when they wanted to try and change the laws about this, um, you yeah, it, it was, so for example, in New York, it was banned in the forties. And I've seen some photos. I think they were from New Jersey, and maybe around that time in the late '40s, where uh, where there were there was a, a a policeman or sheriff of some kind standing on a pile of pinball machines with a sledgehammer, like destroying them. You're thinking of a photo of Mayor Laguardia? Was that who? Yeah, really? Yeah, smashing up the pinball machines. What yeah, an that asshole? Was in the, that was in the documentary. And um, so they were trying to change those laws, and the ban ended when. Uh, A man named Robert Robert, sorry, no Roger Sharp, um, who was like a he he testified in a Manhattan courtroom that pinball games were not games of chance that they were games of skill, and he demonstrated this. They brought in um, pinball machines into the courtroom, and he dazzled them with his pinball wizardry so much (laughs) by calling his shots like a like a like a Babe Ruth, yeah, or like Babe Ruth. He's like, this one's going over the fences and boom, he hits it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I think even he was not doing well and they, they had brought two pinball machines just in case one broke. And so famously he was not doing well and he was like, change out the machine. I need the other machine. And they switched the machine and that's when he like was able to do all his shots. That sounds like such a great movie scene. Why hasn't there been a movie about that? Well, that's a, it's a great documentary and there's gotta be, there's gotta be a movie of it somewhere, <laughs> yeah, right? That's awesome. So, I mean, it has this really interesting history and obviously like it was the type of arcade game that you would play before video arcade games came to be. And they're sort of the pinball machines were sort of the paradigm that video game arcade machines were piggybacking on. People understood because of pinball games, the concept of going into someplace and putting a quarter or whatever into a machine and playing a game for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or a minute if you were really bad. Um, but Admit it, most of your games are a minute. Yeah, I mean they're pretty short. <laughs> the short game. One of these movies has a quote in it where it tells you the average length of most people's pinball games. Like the so they say like the average pinball game of pinball lasts under a minute, and <laughs> 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 that's sad. <laughs> yeah, but um, the this all. You know, it, it grew and grew into this big industry and then it kind of disappeared. By the time I was a kid, I mean, Shane, you and I, we're, we're 90s kids, right? We were born in 1985. By the time we were old enough to stand at a pinball machine, you know, it was probably 1995 and pinball games were starting to vanish from the American landscape. Um, I don't remember playing a pinball game in an actual arcade until i was i mean basically an adult like i I remember our arcade experiences were mostly at the mall do you remember the tilt that place was awesome Oh, oh how i remember the tilt have i told the story of the tilt and all my all my wasted years at the tilt on this podcast. I think you talked about it a little bit in relation to your job at the mall when you were working there and uh, and how you'd go down there on your lunch breaks and play skee-ball. Another game yes. vaguely related to pinball, I guess, sort of, kind of. Game of skill, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they have any pinball games at the Tilt? Because I don't remember ever seeing one. I don't recall if they had pinball games either at the Tilt, but I, I do uh, know a place in town where I can go to play pinball. Yeah, that's the thing about pinball in 2015 is that, pinball has kind of evolved and if you only thought of pinball as the crappy machine at the arcade that why would somebody play a quarter for pay a quarter for that when they could pay a quarter to play the ninja turtles arcade game yeah, and dude hydro thunder's only a dollar oh my god like why would you spend a quarter on a on a pinball game when you know that shit's going to be over in 10 seconds um i felt that way about pinball and it took It took some unique experiences to give me a bit of insight into why pinball is interesting and why I should spend some time kind of getting my hands around pinball as a game. And I'm still not great at it. And you don't have to be to be, you know, to enjoy it. You don't have to be a total wizard to play and enjoy pinball. But we're actually in the middle of kind of an explosion of pinball. Uh, Like, just to interject, that might be kind of why pinball is a little bit of an odd fit for this show, because Usually, you're paying real money into it for every play, and it's very punishing for beginners. Oh yeah, to have that experience of feeding quarters into a machine that is gonna, you know, your game is gonna last a minute, and you get out of the way, and the guy that's played it a bunch comes up, he steps up, and he's gonna play for 15 minutes on one quarter. Yeah, because that's how that game works. You know, it rewards you doing well by giving you more game, which wasn't a very perfect fit for the arcades, but it's a better fit for something like video games today. And it it really took video games, pinball video games, to get me into pinball, because you don't have that quarter per play kind of mechanic. Now, there are places you can go and play free play pinball, and we'll talk about some of the places you can play pinball in 2015, you know, and get started, but... um, Honestly, the best place to get started with pinball games today is pinball video games. And I, at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about some of our favorite pinball video games from the earliest to today. Um, and I've got some recommendations. And there are a lot of... We're, we're really lucky right now. We've got a lot of great options for great pinball simulations, more pinball-themed video games with, with weirder concepts, a lot of really good stuff out there right now. Um, but if you want to play actual physical pinball machines... It can seem a little limited because, you know, the machines aren't everywhere. They're not in every gas station like they were in the 1970s and 80s and maybe even part of the 90s. Like they're not even in the lobby of the movie theater most places anymore. Um, But there are a lot of great places that you can go to play pinball. Um, And the first one that I would recommend for anybody of drinking age is look for your local pinball bar. In almost every city, every city I've lived in over the last several years, there's not just one, but several pinball bars. They're a thing now. Shane, have you been to a pinball bar in Houston? I think there are some, right? Well, my favorite video game bar closed out, and I know of several bars that have multiple pinball machines, like four or five, but I don't know of any that I would really identify as a pinball bar. Hmm. Well, I know there's a few here. There's a couple over in Oakland. When I was living in St. Louis, Um, There are two really decent ones in St. Louis. One was called the Silver Ballroom, and another one was called... Are these like food trucks? They're all required to have a pun in the name? (laughs) Yes. Like, uh, one of them's called Multiball, and that one's a sausage fest. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, there are pinball bars all over the place. And frankly, pinball works better if you've got a beer. Like, it's just a good combination. So... And a lot of these places will have events where they put their machines on free play. Reagan, this is an all-ages podcast. You can't advocate drinking. Oh, you're right. So go to a pinball hash bar and get really high. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> no, actually, that would probably suck. Uh but yeah, there's a lot of t- there's a ton of pinball bars. Most of the good ones put little cup holders right there on the machines for you. That's the best thing ever. I don't know where those come from, or you know, they obviously have to add those aftermarket. But ah, my God, great! So there are pinball bars. Find one. Do a little searching. In fact, there's a few good places you can go on the internet to look up places to play pinball near you. Um, I've used a couple of these just a little bit. But uh, I've been fortunate enough to not really have to do a whole lot of looking. But if you're if you're not sure where to go, um, you can look at pinballmap.com, which is a crowdsourced pinball map. I mean, they they map out places to play pinball and they clu- include things like what machines are there, if the machines are in good repair, and uh, you know, uh, like if they're on free play, that kind of thing. Hours of the places that you would be going. There's another one called pinside.com dot com. I haven't really tried that one as much, but it's also a similar kind of thing, like a, a database of pinball that you can go and see what you can play around you. And if you're more in the mobile app arena, there's an app for the iPhone called Pin Finder. If you search oh, that on the app thought. store. That's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's actually basically referencing the pinside.com database. So anyway, there's a lot of ways that you can find a pinball machine near you. Um, and mostly they're gonna be at these pinball bars, but they might also be in like the lobby of some place or that you know, that they still exist to those places. Even better than that, if you can, uh if you're near one, there's a few places that are starting to be pinball museums, more like uh curated collections of pinball. When I was over in St. Louis, there was a there was a place right over the river, and I can't remember its name now, but if you've or in St. Louis and you look for a pinball place, you'll, you'll find it where they had this basically warehouse where this guy had collected an enormous collection of pinball machines and uh, you could just go and they were all on free play and you could play them as much as you wanted. Um, That's fabulous. There's sort of a similar place here in Houston that where I'm told that several different collectors have just sort of rented out a piece of cheap retail property somewhere and they have uh, they needed a spot to store their pinball games. And they just Things keep them big. all on free play. They charge a little bit to get in. If you happen to be lucky enough to live in the you know the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, over in Alameda, in Alameda, California, which isn't super close, it was a bit of a drive, but the the world headquarters for this, in my opinion, is the Pacific Pinball Museum. Uh, And I took a trip up there not too long ago. The Pacific Pinball Museum is amazing. I mean, they have games from every era, from those early games with no flippers, like we talked about, all the way to the very latest stuff, you know, games from the 90s, even some of the modern games, like the newest pinball game to hit the market recently was Wizard of Oz. And it's this very interactive thing with a beautiful high-definition display on the top and it's got some really cool toys in it they've got everything and all of those are on free play as well you pay a single admission charge and you can go in there and play all day and uh it, and that one thing I liked about that place a lot was that every machine had a little plaque above or near it that explained why that particular machine was interesting or of historical value. I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some videos. There's a really great little mini documentary up on YouTube, I think, uh, about the history of the Pacific Pinball Museum. But uh, it's, about, it's just a couple of guys that uh, love pinball. Actually, something really interesting about it was that one of the two founders, he's a visual artist. And um, he had actually been, the way that the business or museum or whatever you want to call it got started was that he was planning an art piece where he was going to buy up a bunch of old broken pinball machines and tear them apart, sand off the art, and use them to create a piece of kinetic sculpture that he had been planning. And he bought all of these machines and he found he didn't have the heart to sand off the art on the play fields or to destroy the old machines. He instead found himself just restoring and repairing them. And he got together with another guy who was a pinball collector and uh, long story short, it took them many years, but they finally have like an actual museum space and uh, you can go in there and play the mach- machines all day. And it's an amazing collection. And they do a Pacific awesome. pinball expo once a year as well. Um, that's tremendous. And there's a ton of really great things like this. Like those guys aren't alone. There are there are pinball uh, exhibitions that travel, like touring exhibits. You can find a place to play a lot of pinball if you do a little looking. And uh, even if you live in a, in a kind of an off-the-beaten-path spot, there's going to be some place where you can go and play a couple of machines. And it's worth doing. And we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> why. <laughs> Actually, do you want to talk pinball tips first? Do you, have, do you have any tips? Uh, I don't have much to say on that, though. I, I, you know, I'm not I'm no good at pinball. Are you? I, I'm not really good at it either, frankly. Like when I stand up to an actual pinball table, there's like a 50 percent chance that I'm going to drain out like within a minute or two. But sometimes you get really decent at it. And so I, I don't have I, I don't have any real sage advice for somebody trying to learn pinball, except a, a few minor things. First off, you've got to pick a machine. And which one, it probably doesn't even really matter. You know, you play a few machines and you, you pick a machine that you really like. Um, you like the art or whatever it might be. Well, you know, that actually did make sense for me. The last time I did get to play pinball, I'm complaining about uh, I'm, I'm no good at pinball, which is true, which is true. I won't mm-hmm. protest to be good at pinball. But the last time I went and played it was at Joysticks, which is in downtown Houston. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a place where they restore these games. That place is awesome. Lots of, yeah, it's it's tremendous. And you can go, uh, they're only open a couple of days a month. But when they are, you can go and free play whatever you want. And I went and I spent a long time jamming on the Addams Family. Oh, yes. The Addams Family pinball machine. You know, that is the top selling pinball machine of all time. Yeah, and that's specifically why I picked it. I think they mentioned that in the documentary In um, special when lit and so I was like okay well maybe this is the one to play and it is darn fun especially when you get the little hand coming up out of the box to grab your ball oh that is the best and stuff like that it's got you know and that's what makes up for a fun machine Mm -hmm. little toys But, but you have to kind of figure out the the pattern of how the table actually works. And it so that was weird. That's something it's hard for me. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge with the pinball thing. You have to pick a table and then you have to actually learn the rules. And I mean, the rules to pinball sounds almost like an oxymoron. The, the rule is don't let the ball fall in the hole. Use your little flippers to do it. But um, there's, there's rules to every table. They're not usually very complicated. And if you look, they're almost always printed right there on the table. There'll be a little card off on one of the corners but you read that card and it says, okay, you know, the, you know, do this, 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 and you unlock a special, you know, or do this, 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 and then you do double points or you do a multi ball or you lock a shot or you, you know, there's a skill shot or whatever it might be. Um, what really you ought to do is Google that machine and find some more detailed descriptions because for space reasons, and I don't know, maybe even just to intentionally be obscure, often the description right there on the machine is kind of vague. Um, do a YouTube video search or something for that machine. Like usually there's some resources that you can get that will teach you a little bit about the machine. And even just a little bit of knowledge is gonna help a lot. What helped me a lot was I watched some videos on the web specifically about that machine and a couple of others. There's some really great like seminars from... um, some like gaming conventions and things where people have, you know, videos teaching you to play pinball and with, you know, explanations of some of the tricks that you can do to get better. And so take a look at some of that stuff. Um, Also, there's some things that, that people often, when they first approach pinball, think are not okay. That totally are. Nudging or, or bumping the machine to get the ball to do things is totally allowed. Those machines weigh, you know, three to 600 pounds. Like, you can you can knock them around, and you're not going to break them. And unless you're really, really rough with them, you're probably <laughs> not going to set off any sensors. So, you know, you can bump the machines. That's totally okay. Okay. Um, you know, also people, well, think I don't know, man, you're, now you're setting our listeners up for a, something dangerous where they might go out to their local, they pull out your app that you were talking <laughs> about and they, it's like, Oh, this nearby biker bar has a pinball machine. And they go and they start hip checking the thing. <laughs> you're going to get, they're going to get a, at least a stern talking to, I don't know. I think that if there's a pinball machine in a biker bar, it's probably been hip checked worse than you can do. <laughs> um, but <laughs> You gotta nudge the machine sometimes. That's just totally required. Also, slow down and plan your shots. I had this feeling when I was first playing pinball that I was supposed to be wailing on the flippers all the time, keeping the ball rushing around at high speeds. Actually, you can play pinball in a little slower pace, and you you know you can let it do those little drop catches where you grab the ball with your flipper, plan out a shot. Go for the shots that you know you can make. Once you play the machine a little bit, you'll get a sense of which shots you can reliably make and where the ball is going to go afterwards. And you can you can get better at the machine. You can rack up those kinds of points without putting the ball at risk, without putting the ball out of your control. So learn the shots that you can sh- you can make without putting the ball completely outside your control, and you'll you'll get better. It, it it's a total skill that you can learn, and it just takes a little bit of practice and getting used to a particular machine. Yeah, that's true. Also, do not think that multiball is going to make things easier on you. It almost always makes it harder. <laughs> that's my that's my two cents. My advice is just go f- just wail on those buttons. What could go wrong? Yeah. If the paddles the are always moving. You're always going to hit every ball that comes near them. So that Actually makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, actually one of the big things that, you know, you learn when you start getting a little better at pinball is that very often the best thing to do when the ball is coming towards your paddles is to do nothing and let the ball bounce off of your paddles. Um, you know, the, the rubber on the paddles will deaden the ball a little bit. It'll bounce. It might bounce from one paddle to the other or flipper. I'm seeing paddles. I think of them as paddles sometimes, but they're flippers. It's the correct word. Your you know, your flippers will deaden the ball. So hitting it will sometimes if it's going real fast. Sometimes hitting it is the wrong thing to do. Let it bounce. Let it slow down grab it, catch it, then make another shot. Playing actual physical pinball machines is usually not free, not cheap even. You know, you got to put a bunch of quarters in there. And it's not something you can do at home. And this is a video games podcast. So let's well, talk you about You can some... do it at home, but it's going to cost you something like five grand. You know, you might be surprised. A lot of pinball machines aren't that expensive anymore. But it does cost you a lot of floor space. You could get a pinball machine for probably probably $1,000 maybe, you know, in that range. I've th- yeah. I thought about it, but my wife would kill me. In your place? Yeah. <laughs> where are you going to sleep? <laughs> yeah, i got a choice between having a bed and a pinball machine, and I've chosen a bed. <laughs> I, I Maybe I could get a pinball machine that converts into a bed. You just uh, use it as a desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Record your podcasts on it. It would not work for me. Um, although there's a lot of people that have home collections of pinball machines now. and you know, yeah, look on Craigslist, Like I've looked a few times, and there have been a few times where I thought, man, I could afford that. I want that in my house, but no, you know, you don't don't need to do that. But you can play pinball at home and there's a lot of amazing options for it. Pinball video games are among the earliest types of video games. Um, You know, we've been playing pinball-like games on our like little video screens since, I mean, you could almost say that the very next thing that came out after Pong, you know, would have been a pinball-style game. Oh, Pong, in, in a lot of ways, followed the model of the pinball machine because it was a device they would set up in the same corner of the bar where a pinball machine was last Thursday. Yeah, yeah, and it had the same kind of dynamic. You know, you're hitting a ball with little flippers. It's uh, it, it was familiar to pinball players, even though it was a very different thing. It was high-tech. Super high-tech. I remember that one of the earliest video games I ever owned was an Atari pinball. Yeah, if that, if that ever turns up, it was something that you and I owned jointly because <laughs> that thing was badass. I want that thing back. I don't know what happened to it. It was awesome. Yeah, somewhere. It, it, if I ever it, find it. It was a box you'd connect to your television. There were no cartridge slots on the thing. It was a box that you'd go to Sears and buy. I mean, Sears. That was where you'd it get these like, things. It had like what? Four games? Yeah, like maybe. That? And it had like a switch that you toggle between them, I think. And uh, it had two buttons on the side, like pinball flippers. You connect it to your TV and, uh, um, it also had a paddle on top for pong. Yeah. It would was breakout. It didn't have any two player. That's right. Well, I think it had like a one player pong. Oh yeah. It was breakout. It was yeah. Breakout. Yeah. And, um, it was very simplistic. I mean, if you imagine what Atari, uh, uh, pinball would look like, if you can imagine it, it's worse. Um, <laughs> but it had the pinball style buttons on the sides and it kind of felt sort of like pinball. Um, so I enjoyed playing a thing. So, Reagan, if if our listeners at home don't find it convenient to run out to a local Sears and pick up an Atari home pinball console... <laughs> Even if you can, don't bother. What other options might they have to, to actually get a chance to have a, a taste of really lifelike simulated pinball that they might have been able to have if they found that atari pinball Well, I kind of want to go through these in chronological order because there's a few high points and also just some that kind of illustrate How pinball machine pinball video games have changed over the years. okay so uh, first off There was a great, well, actually, gray is probably putting it far too strongly. There was a pretty popular and okay pinball game for the uh, NES that was one of its launch titles in 1984, Um, you know, the uh, Nintendo Pinball um, was pretty popular. It was actually based on uh, a Game & Watch, so there was like a Game & Watch pinball game that came out in like 1983-ish, I think, Um, but Nintendo Pinball um, kind of kicked things off as for, you know, interchangeable cartridge console pinball games, as far as I know. Um, But pinball games have been a huge thing on pretty much every video game platform. I mean, you know, and they reached their peak with Sonic Spinball. Oh, God. Actually, that's a terrible game. I hate Sonic Spinball. (laughs) I own Sonic Spinball. I have a cartridge right over there. Terrible, awful, no good, very bad game. Um, (laughs) It's a bad pinball game and it's a bad Sonic game. It's bad. It's bad. I'm sorry if other people think otherwise. So the first exposure to pinball that I had was a game that you and I shared at home on the Macintosh that we uh, eventually stole from Dad's office. And that original Mac had a game called... No, no, was this one for... I think it was I in first color. I think I encountered this. Yes. So uh, let me wind that back. This was not the original Mac that we stole from Dad's office. This was the Mac that Dad drove over in the car... Um, and we pulled the screen off. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was an early power book, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a, a early power book. I think book. it was the duo because it had the docking thing. hmm And they had, um, we had it hooked up to an old CRT and we were playing games on it, uh, because that was all we had. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so poor, we have... poor kids. We didn't have a Nintendo back then, and our—I don't even think we had our Sega Genesis yet. So our only access to video games was Shareware for the Macintosh, which was pretty slim pickings. It was—I uh, think we probably got that in a CD. With, like, Mac Addict magazine at some point. No, this predates that, I think. I think it, so. The game that you're talking about, Tristan? Tristan. Tristan. Tristan with an exclamation. Yeah. Tris- Tristan. Uh, Tristan um, came out in 1991. Yes, 1991. I just looked it up. Um, and it was from a company called Little Wing Pinball. And you can look them up. They, their website is still live, and they have an iPad version of it now, which is strange to me. Um, but it's an incredibly minimalistic pinball game. Like, if you look at it now, it, it looks like a, a, like a miniature pinball game, like you might play on a cell phone. Like, it's, it's an incredibly small play field. It's got almost no stuff on it. Like, it's an incredibly simple... Thing And it's a single table. A lot of these early pinball games were essentially simulating one game, one pinball table. So imagine the world's tiniest pinball table with two tiny little flippers and color graphics and some badly sampled audio of pinball sounds. Yes, it was. uh, For the time, though, I'll tell you what really amazed me about this game was... This came out in a time when physics in video games were generally very limited and very unrealistic. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking it was really impressive how fast the ball could move on a diagonal. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, things in video games did not tend to move in a realistic way. And they managed to get a ball moving around this play field in a very realistic way. And it had good, colorful art that was clear and easy to read, you know, visually. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like three-dimensional. It was a very two-dimensional representation. But you could see what was happening. And you had control over the ball. And you could do all of the classic things, like catch the ball or, or you know, try and work the table to get get points from the bumpers up top and stuff like that. And it was really interesting, like game for its time. That said, this game was brutally difficult. Yeah, um, it was. I don't think it, I ever got a good, decent score on this game. It was. I don't really think I ever hard. knew what a good, decent score on this game was. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, it's I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I played it a lot at that age and I I came away with it from it without a full understanding of like how to really enjoy pinball yeah that's true so i mean it's an interesting game to look back on now but as a as a simulation i think it's there are many things that have done this much better um but it's a really interesting little historical footnote and god does it kick in some nostalgia for me the artwork and the sounds boy yep Apparently, the original box came with an actual pinball in the box, but they had to uh, uh, apparently the the ball would end up crushing the plastic inserts that the that it shipped in and caused too many returns and they had to stop including them. So if you've got one of those original copies of Tristan with the pinball in the box, you may have some sort of a collector's uh, (laughs) item on your hands. That's awesome. Yeah, I might have to get it for my iPhone or something just for nostalgia's sake. But uh, hopefully you've got some better games to tell me about if I want to play pinball at home. Yeah, fortunately, we are in a really good spot for that. So the first pinball games that I really got into personally, like really into, uh, was the Crush series of pinball games from Naxat. There's a company called Devil Naxx- Crush. Yes. Uh, Alien Crush, Devil Crush, um, and there's actually a, a a third game that's less known because it didn't make it outside of uh, of Japan called Jackie Crush, and uh, also so Alien Crush only came out for the Turbo 16, which means that most people probably never encountered it. Um, it's it's a pretty darn good pinball game. I think what they what they did there that was pretty innovative at the time was that it has this H.R. Geiger Aliens style visually. Um, And it has a square, one of the problems with pinball video games is that you have to fit something that is fundamentally a tall thing and rather narrow onto a screen that is almost always a narrow thing. And you know, not very tall. So you you have one of two choices. You can either make a weirdly shaped square pinball machine, which is sort of the approach that Tristan took, or you can end up, or, or what uh, what you can do, what Alien Crush did, which was to spread out this pinball game across multiple screens. So when the ball leaves the top of one screen, it appears your your camera pans up to another screen, and it, you're you're, you know, you're looking at a whole separate pinball table. So really the table is kind of made up of three vertically arranged separate pinball tables, each of which has its own set of flippers. Yeah. Pinball machines had to get even, well, the the trend was for them to get taller and taller, to have more and more kind of higher heights to reach. And they'd have new paddles added, new flippers added higher up on the machine, adding extra ways to play on like secondary play fields. And it's like kind of a good way to simulate that is just a pan from one to another. Yeah, and Alien Crush, the first one, didn't have a pan option, but in in Devil's Crush, they actually figured out how to get the TurboGrafx-16 to actually smoothly pan from one table to the other rather than just cutting from one to the next. Um, But the big innovation of those games was that they kind of, took pinball out of reality and, you know, they weren't simulating it. They were, you know, it was a pinball table and yet it included all of these fantastical things that you could never include in a real pinball table. So there's little aliens or devils or what have you crawling around on the play field and they move around and you can hit them with the pinball to, to kill them. Um, yeah, moving targets before were something that was pretty rare. Yeah, almost impossible on most pinball machines. And then they have little boss fights, like they have little bonus levels that if you, you know, get something, if you do particularly well at something, you hit your ball into the alien or the devil lady's mouth or something, then your ball is transported to a totally different play field that, you know, doesn't appear on the main board. You've got a little like mini game or boss fight type encounter with your pinball. So there's all these little things in it that, you know, add on to the game of pinball and make it this sort of different thing. They're really, really fun games. If you want to play them today, you're a little limited because TurboGrafx-16s are really, really hard to find. If you don't have access to a TurboGrafx-16, obviously you can emulate these. But one really good option is that fortunately one of the two of these games had a really good Sega Genesis port as well. Um, But you wouldn't know it because it came out under a different name. So if you have a Sega Genesis lying around, you can play Dragon's Fury. Uh, This is a great version of Devil's Crush that's had all of the satanic imagery removed. (laughs) So typical uh, 1990s uh, video game censoring. They took out all the pentagrams and just put in like little stars Um, They took out uh, some of the more demonic looking things and put in more generic fantasy looking things, but the game is totally intact and it's actually a really good port. Um, it's also got amazing box art, so I'm gonna. Yeah, it's got like a dragon instead of the devil face that pops up in the middle. Oh yeah, of the play field. and the dragon is like holding a pinball on the cover of the game. It's awesome. This is one of my favorite pieces of cover art of almost any game I've ever seen. So I I love this game, and it's a wonderful port of the TurboGrafx-16 version. Can you see it, Shane? Oh, I didn't know you actually had it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's epic. I love it. Oh, dragon. Check it out. Fury. Check him out. Oh, yeah, he's got it in his little tiny stubby T-Rex arm. Yeah, he's awesome. So I'll I have a, a link to the picture of this box art in the show notes. This is some of my favorite box art of any game that I own. It's amazing. Um, it was a port by Tengen, and Tengen did always really good work in those days. So um, the port's great. It's a great Sega Genesis game uh, if you have a Sega Genesis lying around. The original game, Alien Crush, was only out on that first uh, – on that – Uh, the TurboGrafx-16, and then the third game in the series didn't even see American release, It's called Jackie Crush. A Jackie is apparently some kind of of demon from Japanese mythology. And uh, so Jackie Crush only ever came out on the Super Famicom in Japan. I actually bought a copy of it on eBay uh, in order to play it, but I have to be perfectly honest, it's not the one to play. Play Devil's Crush, or if you can't play the original TurboGrafx-16 version, play Dragon's Fury, the Genesis port. This game is absolutely baller. How about, um, what's the state of the art in terms of these games now? Um, well, there's a few things and actually this is another, there's another area where we're kind of lucky right now that there's some competition and it's been driving things to get really good. Um, there are two big games in the pinball simulation space right now. Um, and they are kind of taking slightly different approaches So if you want something that is simulating actual tables, you know, that they get the license, they do an exact copy of an actual physical table and let you play it on your PC, or they've got a PS4 port that's actually really good, um, you want Pinball Arcade. I'll have a link in the show notes. But um, basically, Pinball Arcade um, has dozens, maybe even hundreds, of actual classic pinball tables simulated. Um, they've been releasing them in what they call seasons. So it's got a nice kind of pricing model. Both of these games do. You can download the game itself for free and both of them, um, Pinball Arcade and Zen Pinball 2, which is also known by the name Pinball FX 2, which I'll explain in a second. But both of these games, you can download them for free and they come with one free table so you can get a sense of it. And, uh, Pinball Arcade, um, comes with... Oh, now I can't remember the name, but it's a really cool uh, sort of Arabian-themed table. Um, It's like uh, Arabian Nights or something like that. I I can't remember the name of the table now, but it's a a beautiful classic 70s, I think, maybe 80s table with lots of cool stuff going on. And it's a really nice simulation of the table. It's not 100% perfect exact, but it's very close and it really looks good. Um, And you can buy more tables for basically... Between you know, around five dollars a table individually, or for about thirty dollars per season, and the seasons are like ten or more tables that come out in a kind of a batch, um, and they're constantly releasing new tables. And a couple of big claims to fame here: Pinball Arcade has some of those tables that we were talking about that are super, super popular and you know, super modern and cool, like. Uh, uh, modern and cool is really the wrong thing to say about any pinball table really but they've got the the uh, they recently added the Adams family um, which yes. is awesome it's in season four on pinball arcade um, they have the uh the star trek the next generation pinball table which is great oh nice they have a bunch of cool old tables from the uh from the 70s and and earlier like they've got bride of pinbot which is one of my favorites they've got oh wait uh, is that the one with that's the one with the like the robot lady yeah yeah like yeah like a sexed up version of the lady from metropolis they they like they really didn't it like moan yeah (laughs) yeah it was a little awkward but it's a great machine uh they've got gorgar which is one of my favorites gorgar is awesome it's got this giant devil man and uh, i don't know it's just beautiful art amazing (laughs) games Um, so if you if you love that side of pinball games the classic art the tie-ins with properties like the adams family if for some reason you're into that um or if you just want to relive a particular classic table um you want to check out pinball arcade it's available on on steam i think or at least on the pc as well as on the ps4 and there may be other ports as as well i'm not sure Um, the other big game takes a very different approach and that's pinball fx2 on the pc uh, which is also known by under a different name on consoles zen pinball 2 Um, i'm not sure why exactly they have the two different names but it's basically the same thing i spent a long time trying to figure out what the what the difference was there. There's essentially no difference, or at least not anymore. Um, so pinball, Zen Pinball 2, or Pinball FX2, um, takes a different approach. All the tables on that platform are totally new. They're all original. Um, and they've got some interesting licenses. So they've got a bunch of pinball tables based on Marvel properties. Like for example, there's a Dr. Strange pinball table. There's oh, a, cool, the man. Avengers pinball table. They've got some that are based on other properties. Like they have a, the walking dead pinball table based on the, uh, the telltale game series. Um, so they've got some really cool licenses there and some that are totally original. Um, and those machines are much less simulationy. Uh, although they have very realistic ball physics and everything they're more along the lines of something like the um, the crush series where they're they're a little more realistic than that, but they aren't tied to strictly to the real world, you know? Yeah, the Hulk's going to actually jump up and like smash your ball. Yeah, yeah. He'll do it in that a totally uh, physics simulationist way that's very predictable, but it's it's computer animation and it's not tying itself 100% to simulating a little plastic Hulk. It can be a little animated Hulk, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and So they've also got a lot of Star Wars themed tables and they're adding new tables all the time. It seems like there's a lot of activity there. So both of those games are awesome. Um, both of them have really fair and simple pricing strategies. So, you know, like with uh, Pinball Arcade, it's like five bucks-ish a table, so a little more, so a little less for some of the tables, um, or $30 a season. Pinball FX2 slash Zen Pinball 2, it's usually like 2 to $4 a table. Some of the tables are really cheap, mainly the ones that aren't based on a pre-existing license. Some of them come in packs where you might have to spend like 10 or 15 dollars to get a collection of tables but um all of these it's you buy it once and you own that table you're not plunking quarters into it constantly um and they're really realistic you can really get a feel for these games even though they're not real yeah you think you could uh, just walk into a a real world arcade and have practiced a thousand hours ten thousand hours of digital pinball and then be good at the real thing i don't know about that I don't know if I don't know if the uh, the skill completely translates from one to the other, but I think at least it gives you a a sense of how to play the game, what the goals are, you know, what constitutes doing good versus doing bad. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, you you really wanted to talk about I, we're almost out of time, Reagan, but you wanted to talk about rollers of the realm. <laughs> yes, we are, yes we are almost out of time, and I don't want to you know, spend too long talking people's ears off about pinball games. But if you want one more recommendation on a pinball game to play in 2015, I've just completed playing one that I am super excited about. Um, Wait, how do you complete playing a pinball game? Well, I'll tell you. Um, (laughs) I've just finished a game called Rollers of the Realm, which is available for PC, for the PlayStation 4, and for the PlayStation Vita. And uh, this is an example kind of like the Devil's Crush games or the Crush series of games of a pinball game that doesn't tie itself to physical pinball physics or simulation in any way. And actually, it's got to meld with another genre. It's very interesting. It's a combination pinball RPG game. So... And it, it does this, that seems like a really weird combination, but it really works. It's uh, It got kind of mediocre reviews when it came out. And I think that's because a lot of people went into it without being interested in playing pinball. <laughs> I mean, I really think that some of the bad reviews were because people didn't like pinball. If you like playing pinball games of any kind, this game is going to be amazing. Uh, or at least it was for me. Uh, first off, you have a party. Your party are your pinball balls. So you've got your rogue um, you know, her ball is brown in color and it moves very quickly compared to the other balls. it has got a high agility rating. Uh, and which means that when you tilt, uh, you get more oomph out of your tilt and also, uh, she can backstab people. So, you know, there, your pinball tables in this game, each represent like a, a, physical space, like a town courtyard or a dungeon or something like that. Um, and all of the pinball little widgets uh like even your flippers the the bumpers everything a is bumper might be like a piece of furniture yeah. or a, or a big fat guy sitting in the middle of the road yeah or almost <laughs> anything like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah a fat guy sure um <laughs> and then your your characters are all pinballs but all of the enemy characters are actual little people um so like wandering around on this pinball table shaped room Um, And so you launch your pinballs into the room, they obey pinball physics, um, and you're using your flippers to keep them in play. Um, And generally, the goal of each of these play fields or areas is to kill a bunch of people by hitting them with your pinballs. Uh, You've got your, you know, your rogue, who's a small, agile pinball. You've got your knight, who's a much larger ball, moves a little slower, but does more damage and, uh, you know, is less likely to be hit and parried, which means like bounced. Um, There's other balls that kind of join your party as you play. Uh, So there's like a a hunter who has a little ranged attack, shoots arrows at at other people while he's rolling around. Um, There's a uh, um, a healer and your party takes damage, not by injuring your pinballs, but rather by injuring your flippers. And this is the really clever thing about the game. If you're doing badly, It's not that your balls are being damaged. It's that your flippers are being damaged. Your flippers are little health bars. And Reagan, please, please, I'm going to edit that out where you say, talking about your balls being damaged. (laughs) No, I'm afraid I have to keep it in. But the, so so imagine your, imagine a a little health bar. uh, And as it gets shorter, so do your flippers. Your flippers take damage. And so the more damage you've taken, the harder it is to keep your balls in play. And you have to bring out your healer to heal your flippers. It's really clever. And there's it boss adds fights. There's a lot of kind of additional mechanics on top of the, the pinball. Yeah. But the pinball is pretty much intact. Yeah, well, I would say that it's pinball is actually really simple compared to a lot of the more complex games. But that's because it's able to convey to you what the goal of the moment is more clearly so you know a lot of pinball tables you know there are probably a half a dozen different things on the play field that you could hit with your ball to start some sequence of events to start scoring points Um, and what you do and in what order is kind of up to you but sometimes the goals are a little opaque Um, that's one of the challenges with most pinball machines and and games in general Um, this one the goal is always super clear you know your goal is Kill that guy or destroy that door or, you know, hit that thing 15 times and it'll unlock or something like it's very clear goals. And because those goals are so very clear and also because the play fields are pretty small compared to a larger pinball table, it's really a good introduction to pinball, or at least I think so, because it's it's not hard to pick up. It's something that you can get a sense of, you know, you can feel like you know what you're doing. Um really quickly. And also, if you're not particularly good at it, there's ways to level up. So you can do things like increase the agility of your balls by buying little upgrades. And by doing that, you get more of an ability to tilt them, more of an ability to move them around on the play field, kind of independent of hitting them with the flippers. So there's a lot of things that you can do in the game that you can do to make it a little easier on yourself. And because of that, I thought it really it really worked for me, not just as a pinball simulation, which it kind of is, but as a game, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I cannot wait to try this game out. I would definitely, and I I, uh, I was tweeting with the developers very briefly earlier today, I really hope that there is a sequel to this game, and, uh, and what they tweeted today was that uh, they would have some good news to share later this year, so I'm really hoping that this game sees a sequel, despite its I think misunderstood debut. I think it's a brilliant game, and uh, if you have a PlayStation 4 or Vita, or if you want to play this on a PC, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I, I really, really enjoyed it, and it only took maybe 10 hours um, to complete. I haven't gone back and done all the challenges or any of the arena, which is this whole other play mechanic that it has, but I've completed it and beaten the boss and. 100 percent recommend the game it's fantastic that's awesome sounds like it kind of combines the classic pinball arcade style with the almost like a space invaders-y type style of play that's also kind of classic arcade yeah it's very arcadey it's pick up and play you know i would drop into it and play one play field or so maybe how much kind of leveling up does it have for your for your stuff it seems like you've got um some if you're if you're going full rpg you've got to have some kind of leveling mechanic where you're going to be grinding on something yeah you can go back and play any previous play field as many times as you want that's probably one of my one criticism for the game is that when you do go back and play the old play fields again they're yeah, just to grind your balls on the old play fields. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just really you just need to really grind to so, to to level up you gotta you know to get that loot. You really just gotta grind your balls yeah well when you go back to grind your balls um you, uh, you don't get quite the same experience. You know, it replaces all of the interesting characters with just generic soldiers because, you know, of course you killed all those guys. Um, so it's not quite as fun to replay some of the old tables as it is to play them for the first time, which is a little different for a pinball machine. But yes, when you do go back, you can accrue more loot, then you can go and spend that loot on mostly the upgrade mechanic is based on items. You get these items that have little effects on your character's uh, stats and you can you know, buff those stats a little bit. If you're willing to spend a lot of time grinding and improving your uh, your stats, you can get some benefits that really make the game easier in certain areas. Well, it sounds like, you know, even just on my home consoles I've already got, I've got a lot more options for pinball than I thought I did. Like I, I didn't even know about these zen pinball or, or, or rollers of the realm uh, even like a week ago and so there's so many more options yeah. these are free games you can download these and see if you're into them each of these gives you a free table that you can play as much as you'd like uh, and actually the the table that That's comes really cool. with uh, zen pinball 2 uh, which i think is called like the sorcerer's dungeon or something like that it's kind of weird it's, it's it's got a weird theme it's like a a couple of the theme is like based around a couple of kids breaking into an old house and finding that it's like a sorcerer's lair, like Merlin's house. Yeah, it's a cute, it's a cute table, but it's actually a really good one, um, and it's totally free. You can play that game on PC or your PlayStation Four, or there's a PS3 version or whatever. Download the thing and and play it, and then if you like it, you can buy more tables, and they're really cheap. They're like two or three bucks. So there's really you know no excuse. <laughs> No excuse not to try these games. I think that's our, uh, that's our motto here at the short game. We've taken away all your excuses. You do have time. It's only a couple of bucks. Go have fun. We insist. We do. Yes. It's mandatory. Mandatory fun. Well, it's cool talking to you about pinball, bro. Yeah, I uh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> keep your uh keep your flippers flopping all right that's what i always say uh, that's not what you always say um uh, so where can people find out more about this fine show you can find the show notes at theshortgame.net. You don't you don't need to sing it but you're welcome to do so if you want to continue Nah, no, I'm good. Now you just ruined it. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am Reagan Kelly, and you can follow me on Twitter at R A Y G A N K. That's Reagank or Reagan K, depending on how you prefer. And Shane, where can people find you? You can find me at 8 Bit Shane. And of course, our website, uh, theshortgame.net. We'd love it if you'd follow our show on Twitter. That's at underscore shortgame. Uh, But most of all, we'd love it if you'd leave a review for our show on iTunes. That's your best way to support the show and to leave us feedback. Uh, Head to uh, iTunes and search for The Short Game in the iTunes Music Store, or you can head to our website where you can click a link to get there. Um, So thank you very much for listening, and hopefully we'll catch you next week on another episode of The Short Game. Ding, 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 ding.